Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements of in and around the Swim Strong community. We are here with Coach Asher Phipps from Lifetime Metro. I'm excited to jump into your story, but first we got to hit the rapid fire question. So, Asher, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First question, what's your favorite movie of all time? The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, let's go. And How about your <laughs> How about your favorite swim meet drink? Diet Coke. If you don't have Diet Coke, I am boycotting the meat. <laughs> you will not catch this man without Diet Coke <laughs> on the deck. What's a hidden talent you have that no one knows about? My uh, memory is spectacular my late grandmother she passed during COVID. her memory was ridiculous to the very end of her days and um i believe i have her uh memory i can see something once and remember it forever numbers all of that i'll tell you what an wow. eight-year-old did and they're now 19 when they were <laughs> crazy. wow i'm gonna test that uh what's your favorite cartoon character archer sterling oh. archer Solid. How about your favorite sports team? All right. So I'm going to start this by saying, Brian, I know, Brian McPherson, I know my New York Giants stink. <laughs> All right. But you'll send me a text on our worst game, and I get nothing when they play okay. <laughs> uh, he is like that with sports, man. I get the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, God. <laughs> but it's just the New York football terrible Giants. <laughs> hey man, you're a true fan. You like you say that on on a public platform. You know that you're a fan. So, if you had to survive on a des deserted island and you could only pick two lifetime staff members to survive with, who would you pick? Well, one would be uh, the Queen Carolina, because hopefully. She then brings Luke, who is Coach Dan's new baby. And since he's the baby of Coach Dad and Carolina, we're going to count him as an LT coach. So I'm taking Luke and Carolina. And the rest of you guys, leave me alone. <laughs> and last but not least, celebrity you'd most like to spend a day with? Undoubtedly 50 Cent. It's a good pick. Undoubtedly. He's been an idol of mine for a long time. It's a good pick. You survived the rapid fire questions, my friend. Awesome job. Thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit in a fun way. Um, but I want to dive into your background and a lot of the things that you're doing right now that people may not know about. And currently, as we're airing this, um, the coach of the year voting is on. You've already been selected not just as a top 10 nominee, but a top three finalist, which is absolutely amazing. Um, with some incredible candidates out there. And we're super blessed and grateful to get to work with and serve you. And I want people to know the man behind uh, the scenes. What's actually gone into you getting to where you are now, the mindset and that type of thing. But if you could just share first, how did you get into swim coaching in the first place? Well, how did your journey kind of lead you to that? Uh, when I started coaching, it was because... Honestly, I had no job. I had nothing to do. So uh, 
guys would let me come in and, and work with them and work with small groups. And I remember one of the coaches we have now was coaching. He was one of the people that helped me out early. And he said, you're not a good assistant coach. You have to go head something one day. And I wasn't ready to do it at that point. But he told me that many years ago. And uh, I ended up going to a club where I got an opportunity to work with all the levels. And I was then fired after that year. So we went from like eighth to second in that like league. And it hurt. When I got fired, it hurt. And it wasn't because I was like upset about a job because like you can always find ways to work. I felt like I, I let kids down by not doing what I was supposed to do on the other side. And I felt like that's what I wanted to do was, was coach swimming. And I felt like what I always had to do was be involved in the water. So I came to Lifetime. And at that time, the, the team, they were trying to do a team. It quite wasn't there. Um, and I just took on the developmental side of the program, which were all the little kids. And I had three kids in the pool. And uh, the head coach that was there at the time told me that those kids really didn't care about swimming and that you just had to go <laughs> run a practice, which I knew I wasn't going to be able to do, but I didn't want to like step on that person's toes and things like that. And the kids were working so hard. And I said, do you guys want to be good? <laughs> and, and one of those swimmers we graduated last year and Kayla Shan is seven years old. She goes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, after that, we we started our first summer league team at Lifetime, uh, which is the Summertime Dolphins. I swam for the Montclair Dolphins, so that's why we called them the Dolphins. And from there, I became the new site coach. Um, years go past, years goes past, and they give us they give me more opportunity to take over more like regional work with the sites. And today, I have the absolute luxury of uh, of of running Lifetime Metro. So we're five sites, soon to be six. Red Bank should open soon. Yeah. But it's uh it's it's just a really cool operation going on. Each site has somebody that runs it. Those are great guys that do that. Uh and they kind of just lean on me for the administrative stuff. And I coach my seniors and age groupers at my site. We get together and it's a good bunch. It's awesome. And what Explain a little bit about um, what you learned in the process going from the team before uh, to Lifetime. What was the difference between uh, the mentality with those two teams that allowed you to have longevity with Lifetime? And I want to dive more into that, too. But what was something that you feel like you learned in that process um, that helped you be where you are today? I was a little bit of a madman at the last place. Like, if I look back at it, you know, like I used to be like, like, screaming and practicing winners winners mentality winners mentality you know and i kind of never say that today um they didn't want to necessarily be a program that competed at mm -hmm. any high levels they just wanted to have a program and have their little thing and that's fine like that's that was what they wanted and we were kind of pushing the envelope of winning and mm -hmm. you know we went from 40 kids and they were expecting 150 the next season which was just too much for them they didn't want to do that uh Lifetime, on the other hand, they were telling me more kids, more kids, more kids, like, <laughs> you know, like do it bigger, do it bigger. So uh, we were able to be supported. I mean, Lifetime Corporate supports a lot. You know, we're, we see you at Junior Nationals and stuff like that. And those guys are all for all of those things. And they get excited yeah. for the kids and do a lot of special things for those kids as well. So 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, having the organization behind what you're doing is such a big deal. You can see that uh, either joy or frustration when it's not there or when it is there between teams and it's not hard to tell the difference. And so we appreciate all the different organizations um, that support their swim teams um, because it does take it does take a village uh, to really make a team successful. And that's not something that everybody has. So that's definitely a blessing and amazing to find a spot for someone like you with the mentality of like, I just want to help these kids be the best they can be. Um, but something unique I think about you is that you will always have energy on deck. You will always be having fun with the athletes, uh, the mentality so I do think there's a competitive mentality, but there's also a, hey, it's about the people. And can you just talk about what your mentality is today, how it's been, It's I'm sure it's been shaped through the years as a coach, but where did you get the mentality you have and what does that look like day to day on deck right now? Yeah, uh, so when I when I was swimming as a really, really young kid, I swam for a YWCA in, in Orange, New Jersey, where I learned to swim. Uh, and what they really preached was family a lot to the point that I see these people to this day. Some of those guys are on the coaching staff from when I was at the orange YMCA, like they, we are together people and we were a bit of a feeder team and they sent anybody who got uh, a little bit faster. They sent us off to the Y and at the Y that's where I was like, all right, well, swimming is competitive and these guys are really good and dedicated to the sport, you know? So what I wanted to do was bring a little bit of that together. So our program is family-based. Our lifetime graduates, the guys who leave our program are forever welcome in our doors, uh, you know, but we compete. And I look at guys who are on a higher level and winning and doing those type of things, and I go, this is awesome. I'm like, kind of really excited for those guys. And as a competitor, I think it's only respectful that you want to go after that goal. You know, I, I'll tell the kids in practice, like, there are trophies at high championship meets. You know, I'll point them out, you know, and things like that. And it was like dreams years ago. And I was like, oh, man, it'll be great if we can get one kid to qualify for sectional. That'll be crazy. You know, and today we have 30, you know, so mm -hmm. it's like it's great. But I think I think a lot of times as coaches, we come into the season and we're bringing in our goal and putting it on a kid. Right. Mm. And it's really not that, though. Right, Eric? Like it's mm. it's really their goal. You know, yes. like what's your goal? And our job is to support and get that for you. Yeah. You know, wh whatever that is. And in the middle of it, somehow, some way, the brains come involved where you also can pull off your goal for that kid. Hmm. But like they're first. And I think yeah. that if you create that positive culture around what they're looking forward to doing and they know that you're there to support them in their journey and their goal that season, then you're able to get more out of the kid mm. you're still humans right yeah right. yeah you are i think you're hitting on something that a lot of us do get twisted as coaches even if we're not trying to you start putting your hey is that diet coke yes it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you're not putting your uh projecting your goals on the athletes instead of putting their goals first i think a lot of coaches come in with a mindset of oh i want to be great at what i'm doing which makes sense you should want to be great at what you're doing as a coach but it's not about you right like it's about yeah. the kids that you're serving and so what do they want and if that's number one 
that's going to make such a big difference, such an impact, regardless of how far they go. But they're going to be much more motivated, too, because it's something that they personally own. Um, and I think a lot of people miss that. But um, what is it? So you came into Lifetime, and I know traditionally, like Lifetime swim teams have not been viewed as like serious competitors in the past. And something that always impressed me about you and Lifetime Metro is like, these guys don't seem to care about that. <laughs> these guys are like changing the game, not just in the swimming world, but in the Lifetime world. And it seems like setting the pace around the country from an outsider's perspective, um, seeing that. And so one, do you feel, is that, a stigma that you feel like was true and that you guys are bashing now and what's kind of what's kind of that been like to overcome that dude it's it is a uh a huge thing that we fought for years it was a point in time i came on a pool deck and they were like lifetime is that you mean like the tv channel and i was like (laughs) (laughs) but um you know i just i always thought the setup was was well you know like on 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 a large team like ours, you know, our team is, has hit 600 kids at one point this season, and to be able to service that the right way, you need a lot of people, you need a lot of water, you know, and we end up having that with five sites, two pools on average a site. Uh, there's a coach watching over each practice. Um, I feel like we're able to service more kids the proper way. So I always thought it was going to work as long as we dedicated the concept of team Mm -hmm. to what we do. And that's what goes first. You know, team is first. Everything about what we do, your teammates, uh, you being a great teammate, you make our national team, then you are the shining star of what represents team. And you have to be that at all times, Mm. Um, even when it's even when it's hard, even when they're eight, nine years old and they're crying after a race because they didn't drop time, but they made a goal cut. You know, I'll tell the kids, you know how many kids in here want to make a goal cut? And they looked at you, do something that they weren't able to do. And then you're mm-hmm. crying. What type of setup? You know, what are we showing <laughs> the kids that just gawked at you? You know, like, yeah. so that concept is huge. And then, and then I would always hear people tell me stuff like, well, that's not what other teams do, mm. you know? And I'm like, I don't want to be other teams. Mm-hmm. I want to be our team. And what we what we are. Yeah. How do you get that mindset, though? Because uh, now hearing you describe multiple situations, even from your previous team where it's like, hey, they wanted this, but you wanted something else. You wanted to, you know, be great at what you were doing and help the kids and uh, coming into Lifetime, not necessarily known for swim team, something new that's now changing because of you guys in large part. How do you go against the status quo? How do you have a mindset of like, there's so many other people who fall into the comfort zone and Hey, this is just the way that it is. And taking, you know, shots from people left and right of, you know, their opinions of, uh, your organization or just what can and can't be done people in their comfort zone. I just, it's not easy where you're, you're understating it right now, but I know from your side, how much has to go into that mentally, emotionally, um, and just the day-to-day discipline. How did you gain that mindset to just be able to go against the grain? Where does that come from for you? 
mean, it comes from my upbringing. You know, everything was always a little bit more difficult <laughs> than everybody else. So I just put my head down and do. You know, um, I have a speech in practice every year. I tell the guys, like, sometimes you just have to do. You know, like, if we want to get better, we want to move forward. I said, you have to go to work one day. You can't be like, oh, I just don't feel like, no, you just have to do. You know, like, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and then again, like, it, it, you get to this point in, in coaching, and then you get to this point at a job role, and, and it's still my mindset of no matter what happens, I'm never going back to not being in that role. So you have to beat people like me with this mindset of there's nobody's going to help me if I fail. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not going to be the person that gets to go, oh, you know, I lost everything and here's a, a chunk of change or something like that. Like I'm not going to get that. Mm-hmm. I, I have to win. Mm-hmm. So I tell the kids in practice, one day you're going to go against people like me that have to win. Mm. You know, it, it's not a hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my mindset. So when I have people around me that, you know, question whether or not the coaching works, whatever, I just don't care. I'm, I'm going to win. And that's why <laughs> you're talking because you feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I but feel like that's can't. the mindset that is really hard for people to have. Like, I have to do this thing. And even if you fall short from time to time, which always happens to everybody, right? You fail a thousand times in a season, but if you have that mindset, like it's not actually a failure, it doesn't actually stop you. You're just going to get stronger and better because of it. Uh, But that mindset reminds me just a lot of like, just the mentality of some of the greats. Like, you know, if anybody's watched like the last dance with Michael Jordan and things like that, like there's just a mentality that, that people have who want to be great. And um, that's something that's not easy to gain. And, but it is through just doing things like choosing hard things, right. Being uncomfortable over and over again and not caring at all what anybody else thinks, which is easier said than done. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's why I don't cheer for underdogs, like in sports, like mm-hmm. guys will be like, why are you cheering for Tom Brady? Cause I know he put in the most work. Hmm. I, I know I know you may not love that the seventh Super Bowl is coming, but it's not <laughs> as if he didn't earn the seventh Super Bowl. You know, like, I know, <laughs> like when the guy that you're going against is like doing film for an hour and he's done it for four and then jumps in with the coach and does another hour. Like, you know, those people mm. at the end of the day, I, I'd rather watch greatness, you know, like then mm-hmm. it's 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 not a shot to that. Not a shot to those people at all. Great job getting to where you're going. But when we get to a point, somebody's got to cheer for one team and cheer for the other team. And I'm always going for who did the who worked the hardest. Yeah. And I know a guy like Tom Brady did that or, or LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Michael. I know, I know they did that. So you yep. know what? Go ahead. Go show the people why. Why all the energy gets spent, you know. And and there's and I know that there's coaches around the country and all the guys that were even in this top top ten uh, com- uh, competition, I guess, but the the amount of work these people are doing, the reason why Chris Plum at Carmel Swim Club is unbelievable is because of the work. It's, it's, it's no, there's no luck. There's no secret magic sauce as to why Shackle was 150 in the two fly. Like, mm-hmm. no, it, it's the work. And I tell the kids that it's only the work that counts in anything yeah. we do in life. You know, and if you fall short, you do all the work in the world and you fall short, 
the great ones take the loss and they get back up the next day and they start the whole process over again. It's what makes the Olympians unbelievable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. The amount of people who, when they fail, they give up or decide it's not worth it to go as hard anymore is massive. There are so many people who do that, but the few who don't do that are the Olympians are the greats. And I don't think a lot of athletes realize that the people who are in the highest, you know, places they're there because they just didn't give up when they got hit hard over and over and over again like a lot of times it's who can take the most hits and keep moving forward like that's that's what leads to greatness and a lot of people just think oh they're just so gifted it's just been all these things were just given to them and uh that only takes you so far um so but how about um as far as the time you've spent at Lifetime now, developing as a coach, developing the program, um, how have you seen your mindset and philosophy um, grow and shift as a swim coach? What are give us a little insight into just the mind of Asher on the pool deck? What type of philosophy you have when it comes to training the kids um, in the water, and and what that looks like if you're a part of Lifetime swim team? So we. Uh basically like we choose to train the races so whatever race i'm thinking of whether it's the 200s of stroke or free whatever um a set will be put together to train that race um i don't do sets where the kids can't when the kids just don't think anymore and that's because like social media exists right <laughs> so like when you're a kid Think about being a kid today. All news comes to you very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to wait for the newspaper or watch the news when you get home. Like, you know, literally if something happens, they get it while they're in school, you know? So I personally believe, and it could be completely wrong, coaches, <laughs> but I think that um, their brain is trained to get stuff quickly. So if I send them off on 10 500s, it's too long for them. They're no longer processing. And, you know, they're, they're no longer thinking about the details of how many dolphin kicks I want off walls or how many strokes per 25. Yeah, You know, like they're not doing that. So I'll break it up, you know, 125s, you know, 200 and back down 100, 425s, 825, whatever, because I'm writing in the set, like, I want you focused on X, Y, and Z per lap. Hmm. Or I want you, I want you to count how many dolphin kicks we got to the 15 on the 25s, right? And then when we come into races, what we're doing and what we're practicing is those exact things. You should be able to know how many kicks to the 15, how many strokes per 25 in your 200, your 500, even your 1500. You should be able to know. And then mm -hmm. we train the athletes that we have. So if I have a distance swimmer, we'll train a distance swimmer. If we most guys are mid mid distance guys, you know, 200 and downs. So we'll train those guys that way. Um, when Coach Dan came on board, I have no, I mean, no idea how many years ago, but Dan and I were the same in that thought process. So it was, it was kind of like simple to us. It was like, if you want to go fast, you have to practice being fast. Let's be mm -hmm. fast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. but I just, I just don't. And, and then it's muscle confusion. So many years ago, many years ago, cause I put all the weight back on, but I did P90X. Uh -huh. Right, P90X was fun, and I dropped down to like 175 and was tight muscled and everything. And it was because the concept of that program was changing the muscle groups, 
So one day was chest and back, next day legs, next day, you know, and then every three days you did abs or something like that. And it was like confusing the muscles and which made the process happen quicker. Um, so it's a little bit of that in there too. Like let's let's mess with the muscles each day. Let's see what let's see what what happens here, what happens there. And I'll watch them during warm-up sometimes. And if if it doesn't look like the set that I want to do today is gonna work, then we scrap it, you know. Hmm. Uh, I also talk to the kids about it. I'll put together a set and I and I'd like it a lot. And I'll be like, hey. Where could that set be better? Hmm. You know, because I want them to know their sport too. It's one thing I do love about our program is we got like swim geeks, you know, like <laughs> we guys who just love swim. And I think that's also a part of, we just allow that to be a thing. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about what Todd DeSorbo did in his uh, winter training trip and stuff like that. You know, yeah. they, they want to be a part of that and they're really excited to be around those type of people. I think that's part of the philosophy as well. Yeah. Uh, and positive culture. I mean, that's number one. You set a culture in your in your practice where every kid can be themselves and and train and train with a group of people that all have a very similar goal or some may have the same. Then you're going to get a really cohesive group that way. Yeah. It's job a lot easier. Yeah. That culture does set everything when you can train in that environment. It changes the way you think, it changes the way you perform, the way you feel and in your excitement to be there, right? Like yeah. you can go through some brutal stuff together, but if you're enjoying the people you're around and the environment you're in, those are some of the best memories. Like those are it's some really of the good. best memories, but you're hitting on a lot of things too about essentially like taking a lot of information from different experiences in your life from some of the great coaches that you've interacted with or seen at different levels to P90X to just personal like philosophy and what makes sense when you're looking at the kid, like wanting to pay attention to the details and like, are we getting out of this set? What I wanted us to get out of this set, which goes back to, kind of what we talked about earlier in the beginning saying like, let's not project our goals on the kids. Let's make sure that we're keeping their goals at the forefront and looking, are they able to do what I wanted them to do? Cause if it's not going that way, there's no point in just forcing that and doing a practice that's not high quality. But I do think that's a newer mindset. Like what you're describing right now is a newer mindset and more of like, so, something I think is hard for coaches to move away from is like, I got to get X amount of yardage. I got to get X amount of yardage in this practice. And you're like, I got to get quality and I got to train the races that we're focusing on and we got to swim fast and it's got to look good. So was that always like that for you? Did you, have you, have you seen a change in your swim philosophy over time? Um, or have you always just been like, it doesn't make sense the way that a lot of people train. Pretty much. Yeah, um, I, I did drilling. I do drilling a lot when I was with the younger guys and super younger guys. And practice would be 25s of drill all the time. It's always been quality. Um, I watched Bob Bowman speak on if a kid does butterfly and they do five strokes and the sixth one is not a good stroke and leave it at five, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was really smart and obviously coming from – Bob himself. Yeah, pretty <laughs> smart, right? But, uh, <laughs> but we just don't do that. Like even in teaching fly, we'll do four strokes with little guys. We'll do four strokes fly, finish it free. But we want to see your four best strokes. 
Hmm. Like, what can you, like, what did we learn out of it? I'll ask kids at the end of practice, what did we learn today? What was the point of today? You know, uh, for, for our younger groups. And for our older guys, you know, we, we expect them to have their strokes a little bit more polished and things like that. So we end up being able to, like, really get after it in practice. We do get after it. You know, it, it's it's not a, it's just not mindless. You know, it, it is constantly me asking, like, you know, the kids will say, Asher, tie me to the 15 on this one. You know, I think that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think those guys are excited to do it. Uh, after after practices, these are the same group of guys. As hard as the practice is, if somebody's like dying in practice, hey, come on, you got it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And they go. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that practice, it's high fives all over the place. And um, we started that years ago because everything takes practice. If the practice being a good teammate, what does that look like? If the mm-hmm. practice being, you know, I don't even do team captains because I think that limits our leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, if you want to lead, lead. I'd rather mm-hmm. have more leaders in the practice than, than two. You know, mm-hmm. so if you have an opportunity to be a leader and you want to step up into that role, but if you tell somebody, well, you're not the captain, so they may, they may feel like they can't step into that role. I don't want any kid to feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, step into that role. The more leaders we have, the better we're going to be. Yeah. And, and us as coaches have to lead that way. You know, us as coaches have to step in and, you know, there's, the old method of throwing a kid out of practice or there's the method of just kicking the kid off the team. And I think that's the easy way to do things is you, you're supposed to be locked into this kid's development. You know, it's not locked into their swimming. It's locked into their development. That means in the water, out the water. Mm-hmm. So even if they're being the like outside of doing something that is absolutely just unimaginable and you can't have that. Right. Right. But just a, a clash with a kid or something like that, I think it's my duty to try and get that kid to understand why this is an issue and um, and to help help that kid, you know, as much as I possibly can. And that, and when you do things like that, you know, it, it's you leading the whole concept, team, yeah. family, leadership, trust, like those type of things Like you're leading that there. You know, I'm not yeah. here. I, I tell the kids swimming is just the vessel that brought us together. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, man. What you're talking about often family and togetherness and culture and development as people. That was one of the major things that I noticed about you and your team from day one, even before we're working together with swim strong and lifetime. And it's something that people want to be a part of. Like that's, that's, it's so important. Like you put the people first and really develop people, develop relationships, develop that culture. And so I just applaud you for that. And when you're a coach, I see this too often. People have, their egos get in the way and that is the killer the in my opinion the biggest killer of of people's progress people's success people's enjoyment is we we let our egos get in the way whether you're an athlete or a coach um specifically talking to coaches now though like you have um never ever had that really as a as an issue whatsoever it's always been about others and so how do you go about that? Like, why do you learn from other coaches? How do you manage having a big staff with different locations at Lifetime? Like, would you, 
would you agree with me or disagree or have different thoughts that like humility and setting ego aside and making it about others has been one of the biggest components to your success or am I off on that? What would you attribute that to? You know, I, I will honestly say, I don't know. Um, in that, in that way of thinking, I usually am just more excited for the other guy. The Dan was top 50 age who coached twice for Aska. Like we're through the roof for that. I'd like to see more guys get that. Uh, Carolina got her level three and that was through the roof for that. Like I get excited about the other guys. So to be honest with you, I have like blindfolders on when it comes to why people want to swim for myself specifically. Uh, I, I know why they would like to swim for lifetime because it's awesome. <laughs> but but uh, myself, I, I don't, I don't ever really think about that component. Um, the humility portion to it. Uh, I, I just love giving and seeing people be able to find ways to win and, and be proud of people who work hard for what they do. Uh, I, I just don't look at it any other way. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, lo I look at other coaches. I watch YouTube. I remember Mike Bottom uh, one day. he I can't find his video anymore, and it's not there on YouTube. But he talked about scoring points for blue and going into Big Ten championships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mike's got, like, all this energy. And he's like, you score points for blue in the video. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and um, I, I took that. I, I said, we got we to gotta score points. Like, you know. Summer league, you score points. High school, you, you score points. College, you score points. And somehow in club mentality, it became, you know, if you don't make trials, you stink. It's like, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, where'd that, where'd that, where'd the points go? You know, how do, how do we not have points? You can score points. So my, my, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I just look at these guys and I take things that I really like from them. And it's not just swim coaches. I take it from all sports, you know, took a lot of stuff from Nick Saban, you know, may he gracefully go. Uh, and after that, I just kind of implement it into kind of what my, what I'm thinking about when dealing with athletes. Uh, every yeah. kid is different. Every year, the group is different. You know, I, I tell the seniors from this year and then the year before that, like take something from the last group that you really like, take a few things and then add your own sprinkle to the top for this year, you know? Um, but I honestly, I, I honestly go through the days, uh, grateful. We have a graduating senior. Well, she graduated, uh, Karen Wu, who years ago, she used that word. We were in a, a circle and talking about things going into the new year that we want to think about. She spoke about gratefulness mm. and she was like a sophomore at the time. And it kind of just triggered into me. Like that's a word that us as a society need to start to use a lot more because we all believe yeah. we're just deserving and we're supposed to get and, and we're not, you know, like mm -hmm. we're really not. It, it, you yeah. can work hard for stuff and not get it. Be grateful if you do. Yeah, no, that's really good insight. I once heard someone define, I, I don't know who to attribute this to, but humility, not as thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less and what you're describing is that it's like, I, you know, I don't know why people, you know, <laughs> enjoy being a part of your group specifically or my group specifically. You're just saying, like, I just know that I focus on the people and try to do everything I can for them to make them successful. And it's fun to see them accomplish their dreams. And um, but that is a rare quality. I wish that 
you know, a lot of people could take a page from your book in that one because uh, it's inspiring. And I'm wondering if there's anybody in your life that you can um, say has been I'm sure there's a lot of people along the way have been an inspiration. But is there anybody in particular, like on your journey that like someone had an impact on you that made you think I want to have this impact on others? Is there any one or two people in particular that had that for you? Um, my, my parents are unreal. Like my, my dad has the most patience I've ever seen anyone in the history of the world have, uh, <laughs> with myself and everybody around. And my, my mom is kind of like my rock, you know, she's, she just makes stuff happen. She's been that way my whole life. Uh, and on top of that, our family leans on her and she doesn't fall. Yeah, I mean, and she's she's needed for so much, and she never seems to look like she's about to fall or break or anything like that. And it's a quality that, uh, in this world of swim, was what I want to do. And, and leading people, you know, there's people who need me all the time, and uh, and I just use that strength from her to just not fall. Hmm. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. I, there's always, I feel like there's always people in everybody's life that we don't realize that they had such a big impact. So I want to say thank you to both of your parents because you're, because of them, you're making a huge impact on me and so many, not just in the lifetime family, but in the swim strong family, everywhere you go, you're constantly making an impact and it's easy to see why. And thanks for letting us dig deeper into the behind the scenes of how you got to where you are, what that process has looked like, where your mindset comes from. Um, it's inspiring stuff. Do you have any um, final things you'd like to say to any of your athletes, the athletes you get to serve, your coaches, um, just any like piece of wisdom to um, to finish up here? Well, uh, thank you to you guys. You know how uh, exceptionally in awe I am of all the great stuff you guys have been able to do and Thanks. extremely proud. Uh to my athletes, you guys know I love you to the moon and back. And I am thankful for all of you guys' support and the wackiness you guys have on a pool deck every single day. Uh, we're going into championship season. You guys know the goals. Uh, let's go after them and swim hard. Give it the best shot we can. Love it. Awesome. Asher, thanks so much for taking the time with us. We appreciate you and everything you do, brother. Thanks so much. You got it, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the Swim Strong Dry Land family, you can reach out to us via email or social media. You can also follow Swim Strong Dry Land on YouTube and TikTok for more educational content.